Good evening, welcome to The Joust. Uh, my name is Nagy. As always, I'm here with Liam McNeil. Liam, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Scott. How are you this week? Very well. Uh, happy Easter to everyone out there. I hope you enjoyed your long weekend. Uh, we're here to talk about everything uh, Newcastle Knights. Uh, the sponsors for this episode, Liam, do you have them there? I do. I've got them right here with me, Nagy. Sponsors for this week are Big Al's Chicago Diner on King Street, the closing of the BHP Steel Mill, and Nick Murray's yearly naked headstand and beer skull in the Wanderer's Blue Room. What a time to be alive. Time to be alive. Now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as is tradition, I'd ask you please to be upstanding for the National Anthem of Australia. Apologies for that, ladies and gentlemen. We recorded off TV and it seems our producer, Elliot, has uh, taped over it. Uh, I sorry about that. I what? think it might have been gone with 60 seconds that he was recording there. I think you might be correct, Scott. Fabul- um, fabulous movie. Great film, great film. But uh, we'll have that fixed up for you next week. Apologies. And uh, as always, we do our weekly uh, first sips of the podcast to uh, uh, to uh, Liam. It's sorry. Fulmine Bianco. Fulmine Bianco. First the sips white lightning. to the white lightning, Nathan Ross. On your Rossi. Good Lord. Um, mm, he is a good Lord. <laughs> oh, so the, the game against the uh, the Roosters on Good Friday. Um, Liam, you were there. Uh, what was the atmosphere like? I was. The atmosphere was good. It was... Uh, electric's probably the wrong word. It definitely wasn't electric. Yep. Uh, it was It was a good atmosphere, clouded with a few too many Canadian club <laughs> cans, which I only later realised are only 3.5% at the stadium. They're not your standard... Uh, oh, they're mid-strength. They are mid-strength Canadian club and dry cans, which, you know... Did my- you get home safely that night? Home, yes. Safely... Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Not so much. There was a high-kicking contest held after the game, uh, which I'd like to actually give a shout-out to the Tamworth Tank, Al Donaldson. On his 29th birthday. Didn't win the high kinking competition, but uh, innovated the trend of taking off the pants so you don't split the crotch. Beautiful. Uh, that's uh, what a, what a hell of a tournament. What a wonderful man. Yeah, no, great man. Well, unfortunately, we didn't come up with a win uh, against the Roosters. 24-6, I believe, was the scoreline. Um, look, I don't, think, I don't think the score reflected uh, how close the game was. I think it was really in the balance there for a while. Did you feel that at the game? Look, absolutely. You, re- you always felt like we were in this. Uh, it was just... Again, it comes down to the Knights being in the game so much, putting so much pressure on, and yet failing to convert into points. I think a lot of other teams, given the possession and the uh, field position we played with early in the game, would have put a few more points on, made it a much closer game. But obviously, you know, the Knights just couldn't convert that into points, and that uh, you end up scoreline blowing out a little bit, which you don't often hear about a 24-6 result that it was blown out, but... Yeah, I don't think that reflected all too well uh, how the Knights actually played. Yeah, when I was watching it, I felt like we were in it, especially through the middle period. Uh, I know when it was uh, uh, 12-0, I think, at the break, coming back. And when we got that we got that uh, try to Ken Co, uh, and then we looked like we might have got, snuck another one in with, uh, with Gagai down that same side. I thought, hang on a second, we've really got a game here. But that momentum still stuck with the team, I believe, uh, for a good 10, 15-minute period there in the second half before the Roosters came, swung it back around. Um, as as we do every week, we do our uh, hats off to a, a certain player that we thought we did uh, exceptionally well and uh, hats back on to uh, a player that we thought uh, didn't do too well um, this week. Uh, Liam, your hats off for this week? My hats off is actually going to be collective hats off to the Red and Blue Faithful. Uh, you know, for a team that's won 
two wooden spoons in a row and pretty much odds-on favourite to claim a third. Quite an achievement, actually. Very hard to uh, achieve that in this modern professional sports atmosphere. Yes. Um, you know, the fact that we still had 21,500 people come out to a game that no one really expected us to win, I think is a real... It's you know, it's a real comment on the fans and how dedicated they all are, how, you know, how much they care about this team. And I mean, you know, most Sydney teams wouldn't get 21,000 if they're playing for the minor premiership. And no, that's right. It's like, it's almost like, uh, like with the exception of Brisbane Broncos, uh, anything over 20,000 is almost talking semi-final footy. Uh, and uh, I know we got it last year around the same time when we uh, had the win, our only win against the Tigers, we got 22,000. What a win too. Uh, well, I would still remember it greatly. Mm, uh, mm. <laughs> so, so I hold on to that memory oh, <laughs> so yes. vividly. Um, and it was just nice leaving the stadium on that day, even though it was uh, a year ago, uh, just hearing how enthusiastic everyone was about uh, about just getting a win at home. But um, but yeah, so 21,000 people is pretty remarkable for a, a regular round in the NRL for a team that only has one win this season and, yeah, and coming, off, coming off the back of two spoons. Oh, it's amazing. And I think it just says a lot about the Newcastle fans and Newcastle people. Yeah, the no. Mad Dogs, doesn't matter what happens. We're we'll there. be there by the red and blue. Red and blue, fuck you. <laughs> We're there for the boys. There for we've the done boys. so well not to swear so far on this whole on the last two episodes, but we've. Oh, just... you haven't been paying attention, now. It's <laughs> been peppered throughout. <laughs> um, yeah, my uh, hats off uh, goes to Ken Seo. Uh, obviously, scored our only try, uh, and just down that right side with Gags, I thought he was doing a really good job. But I, he ran over two hundred meters, uh, running meters, and I thought I think all over this season he's been a real solid competitor, uh, especially in a losing side, uh, and I think. If if we if we manage to score a few more points and the and the the flanks get a little bit more confidence with their passing game, uh, we will see more tries down to Ken Seo because I think he's a class act. I think he's waiting, um, like we've said this before, boiling away, waiting for something big. But I think, uh, yeah, especially showed in this game, he's he's, he's just teasing us. He's just playing he's with the tip at the moment. <laughs> yes. And uh, once he goes the full shaft, that's you know that's when the opposition teams are going to be in trouble. He was safe as a house too. I thought a lot of the um, kicks kick pressure the. Uh, Roosters put on him. There was a particular time where uh, where, where uh, Peter uh, Matatia uh, threw a pass in goal, and that you know, that's that's coach killer stuff. Ooh. But he not only caught and got out of the in goal, but he ran another twenty meters. Uh, and 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 as being a night supporter, you got to take those little victories. Oh, you, you know? take the little victories because <laughs> yeah. we've seen it go the other way so so often. That's all so, we've got. So that's uh, that, Ken Seo takes my uh, takes my hat off this uh, this week. But Mine too. I'm agreement. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm agreement. Now my hat's back on to the noggin. Um, Liam, you, you better go first. Well, I, I would like to say the Knights' prop rotation gets the hats back on. Um, you know, from our, our very own David Middlestown, uh, he sent us through the stats this week, and no Knights uh, forward ran for over a hundred meters. Yeah, and that's kind of been a recurring theme, especially amongst the props. They're not making the yards up the middle. We've discussed at great length and with some retarded insight about uh, how the Knights are trying to play a bit wider. Yep. But the fact remains that you have to earn the right to go wide. So I think the Knights' prop rotation especially have to really start stepping up, making some yards and uh, earning the right to get those wider plays going on. Yeah, absolutely. We have to get up the other end and really uh, set our dominance. Not only make the metres, but make those strong metres to make the defence uh, fatiguing, running back, you know, thinking who's coming up next. It's that there's there's difference between I think making uh, a 50 meters uh, in one set and making 50 meters and having that defense really retreating, really pushing hard to come back up and putting pressure on kickers and everything. It gives everyone more time, especially the backs. The greatest example of that was in the uh, Parramatta versus 
the other team the, game. The team that Parramatta the weekend, played, The yes. team that they played. Um, yeah, Parramatta looked, for all accounts, like they were going to lose this one, but uh, ended up, you know, through insanely good forward running up and, you know, tearing them down the field. Uh, they actually ended up, I think, putting on three unanswered tries in the last 20 minutes. And of course, Parramatta, this is Parramatta West Tigers, uh, the team. That <laughs> the, is correct. The game that was played last night, which we, last got, night, we both couldn't remember. Last night, a mere 24 hours ago. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, you know, it was on the back of Parramatta's forwards doing some great running. I mean, Nathan Brown, especially. Of no relation. Of no relation. Of no relation. Not what we think. Although... Uh, we could be wrong. The ages could match up, though. They could. He they w- could. Look, our, our very own coach, Nathan Brown, was a good-looking man back in the oh, day. Oh, very. Remember his blonde, curly blonde locks? Blonde, curly yeah. locks. Mm. Um, the... And <laughs> we did... Um, my, my hat's off... Sorry, my hat's back on uh, goes to uh, also the... Also, all the, all the props, i got to agree, but I have to... Unfortunately, I've been holding a lot of faith in for this man, uh, Josh Starling, when he was signed. I was excited. And I even uh, was very vocal in, in saying that I believe he's, he's what we need because he's a 25-tackle, 100-meter player. And he will take... Uh, he's a good player to have that there straight away because he's going to take uh, the edge off uh, the opposition props. He knows what he's doing. He's guaranteed. But he's yet to make 100 meters in any of the games that he's played. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's it, what he was at Manly. That's what he did at Manly. And, you know, he was never the flashiest player. No. You know, played in a very successful Manly side. Yes. But got the job done in a remarkably good way. And just, He was a cog know, in the wheel, but he, he was, was a, a, he was real, a good-looking cog. Good-looking cog. Which a real, you know, working... Working, working hard working player, man. yeah, working man. He was, um, like and that, that's the James a, Barnes song. Yeah, he's the working he, man, the working class man. I think our class man. <laughs> yes. yes, but um, I was. I'm really hoping to see good things. Look, uh, there was a few times where I did think he was a bit ginger on one of his knees. Uh, there was a time in the in goal where he fell off a tackle. Um, and he just looked a bit um, so-so on one of his... I think he might be carrying an injury. That could be a possibility because we do need him out there being the experience that he has. Um, but at the same time, uh, look, we do need to see more of him. He did uh, make... The reason why I'm, I'm focusing on him for my hats back on is uh, his his errors with the ball, which is something that I think he... Costly. Costly errors. Costly errors. And that was real momentum killers for us. So mm. not, not necessarily how much how many metres that he was making or not making. But uh, but yeah, the the errors that he was making, which is we can't have that. We can expect it from a younger player, but not from an experienced player such as he. Not from experience, and even if he's not as an experienced as some experienced players might have been, like he's not. We're not talking like a two hundred game veteran here. I think he's only played sixty or seventy first grade games, but. He is uh, is in our team. He is a, a, a real meant to be leading from the front leader. So, unfortunately, my hats go back on uh, to uh, to Starling. Uh, but so yeah, look, wasn't the best result for the Roosters. I think we um, we we sort of expected it. I knew uh, Mitchell Pearce, uh, the likes of Lukiri. These guys are playing very good football. They have a very very um, sound pack. Uh, Boyd Corner did some excellent things as well. What do you think, Mitch Pearce, Origin Bolter? Uh, look, we'll, we will discuss Origin in the uh, pointy end because I think around this time everyone starts to get a bit of a sniff of what their Origin selection. I'm is. always sniffing. <laughs> Always sniffing for Origin, but um, but yeah, we will we will cover this uh, a little bit later in the show. But I do, I, 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 even as well as he's playing club football, I don't want to see it. But I'll leave it there, and we'll we'll come back to it. Uh, looking forwards uh, to uh, next week. Uh, or this week, I should say, we are up in Townsville, one of the hardest road trips of the NRL, yeah. uh, uh, playing the Cowboys. Uh, now, uh, I have news that Thurston is not going to be in that side, um, and but Lachlan Coote is returning. Big in. Big in for the Cowboys. I mean, Coot is a fantastic player. And with John Asiata, 
Is he Asiata? 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 Asiata. I hope not. He's hitting hard as as far as it is. <laughs> but um, well, look, he's um made the quite unusual position switch from front rower to halfback. <clears throat> it's well, you don't, you don't see it enough, do you? Like, you don't. You really don't. And I think it's uh, you know, one of the great things about rugby league that a large fat man. Uh, usually playing in a large fat man's position, can switch into a tiny, tiny man's position and actually play very play well. well. Some he of the uh, crisp, didn't he? The, like- ta- the, 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 the quick pass he gave for Michael Morgan's try was smoother than schoolboy's scrotum. It was amazing. <laughs> it was quite something. Christ. Um, yeah, no. Having, obviously, Jonathan Thurston not in that side uh, should be a... Uh, like it should be a, a huge plus for us, but I uh, also I remember this happening happening once when the Cowboys came down to play Newcastle. I believe it was around 2012, uh, and uh, John Thurston did not um, play on that side, and we got very confident about the win. This is when we're much better form, and uh, the other halfback, Robert Louis, I believe his name. Rob was. Louis, yes. Rob Louis uh, had a blinder, and Matty Bowen also tore us to pieces. So I think in in these times where Louis you, and the Mango, when you have these successful side like the Cowboys, I think when you take a Thurston out. You give uh, the opportunity for players like Michael Morgan, uh, Lachlan Coote, these really class players to step up, and they're going to fill that role very well. Well, that's it. Su- success begets, as they say, <laughs> so on and so, so forth. So on and so <laughs> forth. No, look, it, it's successful culture around a club, like the Cowboys, brings the best out of everyone. Craig Bellamy's the best out in the world. You know, he'll take yeah. bit players, people who shouldn't have. Should have retired years ago. Should have retired decades ago. Players that I'm fairly certain never touched a rugby league ball in their life and install them as key bit players in a very successful side. He's done that time and time again. So Jason Riles and I think Adam Walno, one of the Woolley, yeah, one of the best. Um, Uh, Yeah, both won premierships with uh, in the side. They did. They did. Brian Norrie as well. Brian Norrie. Brian Norrie went from being not much of anyone at anywhere to again one of the Storm's finest. And uh, Paul Green seems to be building a similar situation you know seems to be building a similar culture up at north queensland and so it, regardless of the players you put in there if you've got a successful system you can just swap players in and out and it doesn't have a huge effect that's exactly right they seem like they're, they're a class side they're, they're they're damaging the um the top four damaging the top four they're threatening the top four um they are they are top four's taking our navy against them. <laughs> but um but i think we're, where the knights can win it uh liam you got any uh, i think we got some notes from our own david middlestown i do uh, from our own david middlestown the midders report i think we're calling him now. <laughs> the mids report the mids yep. report um well, I think uh, one of the, the the first thing we had to do was shut down uh, Jason Tomalolo. Oh, absolutely! Uh, look, I mean, he's just been damaging all season. He's he's a machine. I really thought we might have lost him to another another code because you look at him and he's really like hands above any other like performing wise week in week out. He's just doing these incredible numbers and he's and you usually don't see maturity from a forward come into about you know twenty seven twenty eight. He's, he's this bloke's only I think what twelve thirteen fourteen. He's he's very yep. young. He's 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 merely out of the womb, but he's uh, but he's he's damaging. He's he's damaging um damaging running every time and playing big minutes for a big man. He is. He it's remarkable how man, like you look at his calves, they're roughly the size of, you know, the Nobby's lighthouse and yet <laughs> he's uh carrying them around for large minutes of the game. It's quite impressive. Um so I think what the Knights really need to do, and you you know, you're loath to focus too much on one particular player. However, in the case of Jason Tamalolo, the Knights really, really absolutely Need to focus on nothing else but getting three in the tackle on him, putting him down, oh, yeah. at least locking three. up that offload. We could commit the entire thirteen maybe to him. The- Probably should. <laughs> yeah. uh, if if any of you Knights fans are actually travelling up for the game, just jump the fence, uh, help the boys out. If we can get, you know, maybe grab a toe of Tomalolo's. Uh- <laughs> look, if we can get like four or five hundred 
Knights players and fans bringing him down. I think that'd be ideal. We could just skew him slightly. He may probably only make 150 metres that game. But he's obviously a big a big threat in the forwards. Um, and that'd be a big game for our forwards to stand up and... Um, uh, to really show the Cowboys pack that we that you know to sort of and not you mean re- bidness. Well, I mean bidnets. Um, that to redeem ourselves from uh, the Roosters game ever so slightly, just because a bit of pressure on them regarding uh, the backs making all the meters. Nathan Ross and Ken C are making all the meters. Look, there's a lot of redemption that needs to happen this week. I think. Um, I think um, the I think Agai um, is our best uh, option for uh, for attack in against the Cowboys. He has a very good. Uh, uh, history against the Cowboys. Very uh, good strike rate against the Cowboys. I think it's uh, three tries and five line breaks in the in his uh, his last seven games. Last seven yeah, games, yeah, yeah no, which is um which is good numbers. And he's in form. We've hit him at the right time. And it's also around that Origin period where Gagai does lift. He wants to be in that side. Um, I'm so fortunate that he's a Queenslander. It's such an Look, unfortunate it's, thing. It's a crying shame. It's a damn shame. But you know we we live with it. We love we him all the same. We love him all the same. And you look at the um the man who we matching up against, Justin O'Neill, and his partnership with Kyle Felt. The last two weeks, they've been really found out. Nightingale scored three on them two weeks ago. And then uh, last week, some other bastard who was running at him put scored, a few on as well. Put a few well. on as well, yeah. Um, so I think Gagai up against O'Neill and Felt, if not to get Gagai over the line to then get the ball on to his winger, I think could be a Kenneth real... Sio, yeah. Kenneth <laughs> Kenneth. Young Sio. Kenneth. Could be a real point of difference. I think the Knights really need to attack that side of the field. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's where we probably could win it. But look, the Cowboys, it's up there. They love playing up there. It's going to be a warm night. I think it's going to be touching on 40 degrees at, a, at around the time they kick off. Uh, and wet, too, I think. it's 200% be humidity. 200, 220% humidity. Have you uh, ever seen a raindrop sweat? Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens in Townsville. It rains and the rain has the rain sweat. Sweats. The rain sweats. It's, and you get, you, get, you get, yeah, it's just mop hair all around. Everyone's mm. just looking like a bag of shit <laughs> I think the other point uh, I think the other strength we need to exploit Michael Morgan uh, his defence is great he's got a missed tackle rate of over 20% it's up around 21.7% oh, so you say his defence isn't great it's not great so mm. I think if we can get some of the edge forwards Sione especially Sione's been fantastic he's been running he's been really well out wide there I think if you can get Sione running at Mitch Morgan uh, Mike Morgan rather Mike Morgan um, yeah. don't run his brother Mitch he's built like a brick shit house <laughs> he's, a, he's actually the bouncer up there and uh <laughs> Townsville, the Townsville Hotel. I, I believe it's the Townsville <laughs> Hotel. He's a bouncer there. There's oh, only the a, one. He's huge. Um, but yeah, if we can get uh, like the likes of Sione and Mitch Barnett, who didn't play as well last week, look, as Barnett, we would hope. Yes, look, but we got to take these things. I think with uh, Mitch Barnett, uh, that he's he had a quieter game. Uh, probably not the best game against the Dogs, and a quieter game against the Roosters. But uh, he's a very young player, and he's playing for the most part very well. He was by his own admission, he he could have played much better. Um, but look, if anything's going to spur him on, it's hopefully a good listen to the joust, as we know. Uh, Hocko, avid Hocko, listener, avid loves listener. the show. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he'll get the boys listening to the joust. And uh, Barney, Barney, you've got this, mate. We've got it. We've got it. You've got this, bud. It's um, yeah, no, he'll uh, he'll definitely I think lift uh, for this game, and he's got a he's got a good opportunity here, especially with um, also of course with uh, Matt Scott, uh, one of the best performers. Um, uh, no longer playing with him this year with uh, due to that knee injury, and uh, also thank just on a side note, lucky we didn't sign him. Um, yes, <laughs> because um, he, he looked like such a promising thing, but paying big money for a 33-year-old man with one leg, I think, is going to be was going to be a hard thing to pull this side up. Um, I'm not sure if he's 33. He looks 33. He looks 33. No, he looks 53. He looks much older, so doesn't it's he? It's not much hair. He's built a little bit like a like a like a chair. Like, he's built like a chair, but like, like a, a really a, solid like, armchair. Yeah, yeah. 
Like an oak. Like he looks comfortable. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, notice also when he did his ACL, he just walked off the field, which you don't see much too. Like, and he was just standing around with like a snap there. I'm not sure if he was too aware that he had snapped it. He might have had to be informed later on. At, like, you know, he pulled I don't up. think he can actually spell ACL, so <laughs> he was a bit confused when it happened. It's a- <laughs> He's... <laughs> He said, like, he goes, oh, yeah, sales man's seven. He said, oh, no, 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 I got those tests back. I go, I'm fine. <laughs> no, I did that when I was 18. <laughs> Finished school, I'm all good. Um, Matt, as we know, Matt's got, obviously, avid listener of the show. Good to good to see you, Matt. Hope, I hope you hope your knee's doing well. Knee's doing all right. <laughs> knee's a bit audience. between the uh, leg and the foot. <laughs> yeah, between the, <laughs> the neck and the ankle. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the uh, looking forward uh, for the Cowboys. Uh, game uh, this Saturday, I believe, at six thirty up there at uh, yeah, what is it? What are they called in the stadium up there? Uh, Browns Cows Stadium. I believe it's Browns Cows. Yeah, Browns Cows Stadium. It hopefully, look, I'm just hoping the uh, the ground has recovered from the national rodeo championships <laughs> they're having there the night before. Because look, they, uh, you don't often see it, but those uh, those rodeo clowns they really tear the pitch up. Oh yeah, no, they, they, they like do, it. So. Not so much on the the bulls, but the clowns they the they clowns. do they do all the. Uh, but I think look for the for the sake of the night's attack, you want to hope that they leave the cows out there grazing for a bit longer because we want a short. You know, we want some short grass. We want a fast game. So fast game. We're the faster players. Look, if you're the uh, Browns Cows Stadium greenskeeper, please just leave <laughs> the leave the uh, the heifers out there for an extra hour or so, just to get that just grass nice and short. But also nice another grazing. good point. Looks like Lock and Coop will be making their return, and Kalen uh, Ponga uh, w- won't be playing against us, which is good because it's only just our luck that we will injure him tremendously. We do do that. I think it was a uh, cool uh, uh, Hodkinson. This uh, Trent Hodkinson. Before yeah, before him, yeah. he came to the Knights. Uh, I believe it was a mere two games <laughs> two remaining games. in the season before he came to the Nights. And, we broke and we, his wrist. I think we killed him, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to take a quick break now, guys. Uh, and uh, we'll be back also with a special guest, uh, Nick Blanche, will be joining us. Uh, uh, first guest on the on the Joust also. So stay tuned for that. And we're going to cover the pointy end as well as Liam's mail sack. And if we get time, we want to also do a bit of a blast from the past. Talk into the magic stick, yeah. Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready to Box run. saves your thoughts. All right, All right. here we go. Uh, welcome back to the Joust. Uh, we're here for the first time ever with a very special guest, first guest on the show. We have uh, Nick Blanche, ex- uh, executive producer of the NRL on KOFM. Blanche, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, other Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> it's our pleasure again. Thanks for coming on. Um, <laughs> But uh, what, what we call him, Liam, is the... The Avablanche. Or the Blanchalanche, I think. Or the Blanchalanche. Got thrown around Basically a little bit. Basically anything too. involving snow tumbling down a hill. <laughs> uh, you, I get the, the the reference of the white skin, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate Look, it. we're not a very tanned group. We've we're not, uh, we're we not. got that real good Irish glow about us. This is why we have to do it at night, you see. Yeah. <laughs> we have to... Yeah, well, it's the only time we can get out of the car. Actually, that 60 water above us is doing me some damage. <laughs> yeah. This could be bad for my long-term health. But, uh, but Liam, we're here for the... Uh, of every week's Liam's Mail Sack, uh, where people are sending questions uh i believe we have a, a few here ready to go if blanche if you'd be uh, keen to answer a few questions Hi, with us let's go uh we have the first one here from oh uh, actually it's from uh nathan walsh um i'd just like to make a point nathan we're trying to keep a tone on the show uh um if you could just obscure, obstruct from uh, <laughs> posing any more questions please uh we're, we're just trying to you know uh, look it's a uh, Look, it's a family fucking show. It's mate. a family fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are listening, mate. Come on. Let's uh, let's be honest here. Big we'll, Dog hasn't got a bed yet, mate. <laughs> we'll move on to uh, to Tony Hicklings here, and he's asking, uh, uh, should there be an extended bench uh, for concussions uh, with uh, NRL with a new concussion law? Uh, I'll throw it straight to Blanche. Blanche, what do you think? 
Um, I'm a huge fan of it. I know a lot of NRL coaches don't like the idea. Uh, the, the thing for me with the, the HIA and, and, and the injury assessments and stuff is that I think teams have started to rot the system, um, which I, I find it really unfortunate. You see a lot of stuff that's come out in the, in the NFL and a few court cases that have happened over there. Even, um, even some of the players you know, from, from years gone by um, who have suffered you know, long-term effects from hand injuries through their career. Um, I, I don't like the way that the, the teams are starting to rot the system. I think the, the best thing for head injury assessments is that we have an independent doctor at every ground. I mean, it, what's happening at the moment is that teams are using their own doctor. Um, and, and, I, and I put this to you guys, that you come to a, a grand final situation and a bloke goes down. Um, we saw earlier this year the Knights copped their $50,000 fine. Uh, if you're in a grand final... And you look at it and go, do we keep this guy out there? He's our best player, or do we cop the fifty k fine? You know, later on, I'd take. I'm sorry, but I'd take the premiership ring, hands down. Yeah, actually, I got to agree with you on that one, Blanche. You know, I will say that you know uh, the drivel that you hear coming out of my mouth is Exhibit A as to why concussion needs to be taken seriously in sport. Very concussed man. Very yeah. concussed man. I actually uh, don't have a brain anymore. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's an interesting point, Blanche. One I never really considered because if you take it on week to week, a club can hardly afford to get away with a fifty thousand dollar fine. But in those situations, the grand final, you're going to pay fifty grand to keep one of your better players out there. Absolutely, in a heartbeat. And so I think you're right about the independent doctor. I think you need to have, a, say, an NRL certified doctor who doesn't bear any particular bias towards either team. And yeah, I think. Absolutely, that's a grand idea. I've got no problem though having, uh, say, someone who's played Reggie's earlier in the day who sits on the bench with a, a different coloured vest on. A, it gives you a chance to replace a player that's out on the field, and we're seeing that um, pretty often where you'll see two guys in the HIA uh, and someone else get, gets injured. I think it happened with the Knights a couple of weeks ago when Rostov got injured, but we had to keep him out there. Um, so having someone who's played Reggie sitting on the bench, it, it also gives them some exposure to, to first grade. I think it's important. I think uh, as... In this in this day and age, we've seen it this season already. In after what seven rounds with uh, Sione and uh, Elliot, also both copping uh, big concussions, and uh, without Mitch editing, Barnett, I think you mean. Do, do I? Our producer Elliot was actually not harmed in the making of this program. <laughs> what, what, no, no, Elliot, no, not that Elliot. Oh, sorry, that was a joke. Oh, Brendan, a joke. sorry, Brendan Elliot. Sorry, um, but he does. Elliot, our producer, does look like he's suffered a few concussions in his day. Um, but, uh, but no, like it's. It seems like if it's a, like if it happens to a forward, they could be easily replaced. But if it happens to a back, the the emphasis to keep them out there is uh, is much well, more you don't, important. You don't see, you don't see many any backs on a bench anymore. No, the, yeah, 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 yeah I mean the back utility role is uh, it's gone. Used very sparingly by coaches, and so I think mm. that in that situation, it could behoove the NRL to uh, bring in the uh, yeah the 18th man for HIA. Great, great question though. I think great it, question, Tony. I think, I think that was good. Like as far as keeping a. A bloke on red, like that's already played a game, maybe not had as many minutes as others. Um, on there is just an extra, extra like set of hands, if you will, um, because so you can keep this rotation strong. Like you know, so it's not going to draw from you know muck up your interchange game, which is such a big part. With there's only eight interchanges now, or is it or looking to go to six? Or? Looking to go to six. That's scary. That's yeah. That, oh, I don't. I don't like that. That's almost substitution talk, isn't it? Yeah. Really, like you come off, you're not coming back on. Yeah. Um, and like the pluses that it brings to the game in the modern game with all these concussions in a heavy contact sport, I think we've got to uh, really look at these things uh, properly and, and make changes uh, effectively. So, thank you, Tony, for uh, that question. Uh, we have one from Cameron. Uh, Cameron Boyd. Uh, Cameron Bowd. Bowd. Uh, Bowd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bowdy. 
Uh, good pigeon, actually. Very good pigeon. Very good pigeon. Now, Bowdy asks, uh, whose version of Baby I Love Your Way is the preeminent version? Is it Frampton? Oh, yeah. Is it Will to Power or is it Big Mountain? I'd throw this to Nagy and Blanche. Uh, Framps. Framps for sure. I think the Framp I think in a landslide. I'm a little bit insulted for the question, to be honest with you, Bowdy. Bowdy, you insult us. But <laughs> Thank you for your question, but please don't insult us. Is that us a yet. Dixie Chicks reference, too, with the landslide? I hope so. I didn't want to say anything. I'm a bit of a <laughs> bit uh, of a Dixie boy. If we can bring in Dixie chicks every week, I think that'd be uh, just just bring them up. Mm. Um, what a forgotten uh, hero of uh, modern music, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, they really paved the way for the uh, the political female country band. <laughs> um, and we have also a question from uh, Andy Cameron or Andy Camo. I think we're going to refer to him as uh, just to keep uh, keep his name secret. Uh, but uh, it's uh, who can we sign here for from the Newcastle Knights? Uh, he he said, can we sign Andy Aaron? Andy says, can we sign Aaron Woods? Can we sign anyone? Blanche? Seriously, please. The mail is that Aaron Woods is going to go to the Bulldogs. Um, yep, yep. So the big four from the Tigers are going to be split up. Aaron does listen to the show, doesn't he, Blanche? He does. Uh, while he's while he's combing those locks, he's. I did mention this the other day. I was watching him on NRL three sixty, and I was like. He combs that's and he an, puts the hairband in. Yeah, that's some serious, uh, serious time dedicated to that. It reminds me of, uh, I believe, Marsha Brady. It was, you know, would count the uh, count, count the strokes. Count the strokes. I count the strokes, but in other times, <laughs> I think it's funny. Uh, Blanche doesn't actually have hair. No, no, no. <laughs> what strokes are you counting, Blanche? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it comes to another question with so many players on the market uh, coming up with uh, you know this reduced salary cap that uh, all the teams are experiencing. Um, but, you know, they thought it was going to be upwards of ten million. Now it's down to below nine. Uh, with all these big name players, like uh, I know Mitchell Moses is, is going to uh, the likes of uh, Parramatta, um, but it still leaves Cooper Cronk, which he says he wants to play in Sydney. But you know Newcastle's still going to probably you know consider him. But also, yeah, I think, three's not that long. But um, well, it's not. Well, it's, it's getting it's, quicker. It is. It's a wonderful train system too. I mean, oh, that train ride is beautiful. Trains. Yeah. No. Maybe we can introduce Cronk to the limited stops uh, from Broadmeadow. Uh, that's not a bad train. Bit of a mixed bag, though. Uh, <laughs> just as long as you cut out the, you know, just tell them that the people that get on between Woi Woi and uh, Barrera are not representative of the population of Newcastle there. They're coasties. We'll keep them where they are, keep where they belong. There. Do we bring Kieran Foran in? I well, mean, there's been a lot of take, talk this week about Kieran Foran. He, he met with Nathan Brown. He did, like, uh, down the Central Coast, I believe, was it? Yeah, well, everyone meets with Nathan Brown and nothing much comes out of it. But. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, his, uh, his meeting list is pretty full, but there's not much coming out of it. He's, yeah. he's one of those people that you can't book a meeting in with because he's you're going to his outlook and you're like, meetings. nah, he's in another meeting. <laughs> he's seeing someone else that's also not going to sign with us. But uh, but do you think, assuming that if we throw uh, a offer out to Kieran Foran around that million-dollar mark, that, uh, that Jack Bird money, if you will, um, do you think it'd, it'd be worth it? Kieran Foran, absolutely, yes. I think he would be worth it. However, I think that belies uh, the Knights' weaknesses. We need to sign a prop. Give us a prop. Throw. They've got to throw the kitchen sink at Woods. They've got to throw the kitchen sink at Jimmy Graham. They just need to throw everything uh, at... We need a prop. We desperately need like a, a figurehead prop. Season, yeah, a figurehead prop. Someone who can really lead the forward pack. Uh, again, a lot of young, inexperienced players. And as we discussed earlier in the show, they're not getting the meters. We need a prop this is who's going to... Pick them up by the scruff of their balls and just hurl them into action. And that that's that's my sort of opposition to the thought of having a Kieran Foran. I don't think he's he, he's not that kind of leader on the field. And I look back to when we had the, the Bo Scotts and the Jeremy Smiths. And even, I was a huge fan of the Knights 
having Willie Mason as part of our team because he he gave that passion. Yeah, sure, he was he was past his use by date, but he still ran the ball hard and he showed those young kids that are next to him that in those times when we need someone to just get up and go forward up the middle, just you know four tackles straight up the middle, guys. I'm going to take the first one and you three can t- take the rest. Just but having a red hot go. Have a go, and we don't have anyone at the moment that that's really sort of that. I look at like a Clemmer. Yeah, I'd love I'd love a Clemmer, but only a Clemmer when he. Bring he shaves his, he needs to, to, needs to shave the head because when he when he had the short back and sides and was you know gelling the hair he wasn't scary. So sure. Clemo, if you're listening, and I know you do, um, he's an avid listener of the for, show. Actually, for David Origin, Clemmer, please yeah. shave your head. It's uh, hopefully he does. Yeah, we really need, especially for Origin time. But I think it like focuses on we need a big bloke. Uh, and look, we, we're looking at the we have the Safidi brothers at the moment, but Tinkler's not busy anymore. <laughs> no, he is a big man. He's a big man. You say what you will about him, he's a big guy. Yeah, he is. He is. He's got a lot of mass. But the other thing you got to look at as well, we're already paying marquee money for a half in Trent Hodkinson. So do we want to spend marquee money on a second half? Tinkler would be happy have a with lot the money. tied up in Tinker. Tinker take it. I'm sure at the moment he take it. Um, is he taking job offers? Actually, probably. <laughs> we could probably get him on the show. Get him on the show. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of phone calls. Um, but yeah, that's Throw right. Throw a like, few tinnies at him; it'd be sweet. I think what we're saying with Jimmy Graham and the likes of James Woods, like uh, I don't think uh, James Woods, no, what, no, Aaron, Aaron Woods. No, James, you James is his younger brother. <laughs> James, who also younger brother and famous actor, and an actor and singer as well. I think. Like, I believe uh, yes. No, it's uh, but no, it's uh, he James Graham. James Graham. Um and Aaron Woods. I've combined the two. There's an idea. God, wouldn't that be a player? Maybe we could maybe some way of a breeding program. Maybe mix their uh, oh, <laughs> like yes. that'd work out great as well because you're only spending half the money because you can't and and it's part of Nathan Brown's 25 year plan for the night. So <laughs> yeah, in 25 years we've got a star. <laughs> so it's uh, there we go. James Woods has, has solved all the problems. But I really think uh, we do need that that uh, that sort of benchmark. Front rower, and like considering how much money we're going to be offering, uh, as we said before, to Matt Scott, uh, who man who couldn't even spell ACL. <laughs> yes, um, uh, like he seems to. Like, James Graham seems to be doing the same sort of Matt Scott numbers, especially this season, and um, but with a funnier accent. Yes, much funnier. Um, but he, um, where's he from? Um, I believe he's England, from somewhere, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> colder climate. Yes, Poland, Poland. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, but yeah, no, if something like that would would really He's add a European. lot. European, yes, he is European. Thank you, Liam. Uh, we can look that up. Uh, they, it's uh, yeah, I think that's what we're missing. We're missing that figurehead front rower, uh, and I think uh, good good games will come off the back of it. We look uh, look at what Jamie Bureau's done on this side already, um, just with having someone that's a bit more experienced and has a bit more leadership. Can we just touch on Jamie Brewer? Because Absolutely. He, he was injured in a captain's run. He, he fractured his foot in a captain's run. Now, from, for mine, a captain's run is when you go out and basically see that the grass is cut low enough. You might just walk through a couple of drills. How the hell do you break a foot? Look, the, captain, the captain's runs that I've generally been involved in uh, did not take place on a football field, but instead in a pub. Yes. Mm. And uh, yeah, they look, they did involve some feats that would break a, a bone. <laughs> However, in the modern professional sporting era, I don't know about that. That's, uh, yeah. Tony Ayub is earning his money. The Knights trainer, he's out there every. Uh, last week, the, the Knights were looking, you know, a bit down and out, and everyone was going to Tony Ayub. Now I don't know if he had uh, in his little pouch, his little bum bag, like maybe just a handful of Easter eggs, and the guys were just trying to chop into them. But look, everyone no was you, going to see him. Look, no magic you, spray. No in Newcastle, there was something in a few little bags in there. Well, there's, uh, Ooh, there's, leave there's that one alone. I'm not sure if this guy's a prop, but I'd love to see just his team list name. Like, sorry, his name on the team list is. Uh, uh, number 18 name for the reserve grade side this week is uh, uh, Fatty... Uh, Liam, you better do this pronunciation. Uh, I believe the pronunciation is 
Fatatoa, Fatatoa. Fatatoa, Fatatoa. And I think, if anything, if we're like if he could be our Fui Fui Moi Moi, like if just our... Look, the one thing that rugby league is missing in this day and age, you know, we go on, we wax lyrical about the old days. What's rugby league missing? The biggest thing that rugby league is missing, besides jersey numbers 40 plus, is players with the same first and last name. Mm. I think, look, there's a very rich tradition uh, of players with the same first and last name, none of whom I could name for you right now. <laughs> but I think, look, if we bring in someone with the same first and last name, that's where the game well, really we, breaks well, up. Well, obviously, Paulie Paulie was the biggest loss we had before the season. He was. That, well, uh, a couple of places around the Hunter that they could come from. I mean, yeah. Curry, curry, boy, boy. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we've got a rich tradition in the Hunter. Over the, the player so nice, they named him twice. It's like, why can you call curry, 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 but you can't call it boy, boy, boy? Answering all the big questions here in Liam's all mail sack. All the big questions in the mail sack. <laughs> but I think that might have drained your sack also, Liam, uh, with that one, was it? <laughs> it's dry. It's like a <laughs> pair of raisins down there. Um, but uh, but yeah, we move on to uh, the big NRL news. And the biggest one comp- uh, uh, concerning the Knights, I believe it is the a possible buyer. Um, for for the uh, for the for the Newcastle Knights in uh, the West uh, Western Suburbs uh, Leagues Club. Now, Everblanche, my business acumen <laughs> is limited at best. What does a West buyout mean for our beautiful Newcastle Knights? Um, uh, it's security for me. Uh, it's security for uh, players, for playing staff, for for anyone who's involved in the club. Um, I don't know about that. I've had uh, some discussions with West security members, and they did not take <laughs> kindly to me. So I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, I guess the one thing you've got to look at, though, is you look at a, a, a club like the Broncos. They're a, a, um, they're on the ASX with a stock exchange. I mean, they're that they're that big, um, and a lot of players, you know, somehow just win jackpots at the pokies, um, which probably covers <laughs> a lot of the the downfall and the shortfall in the salary cap. Um, but I, they're a club that makes a lot of money. Um, is a salary cap up there? Or they oh, got like a, a salary a sombrero. sombrero yeah, yeah, it's a sombrero, um, but. The, the thing for the, the Knights um, and for West, I, I look at West and they, they've got all these clubs around uh, Newcastle, um, but you've got to remember that the Knights aren't posting massive profits. So from a member's point of view from West, are they going to turn around and say, yeah, we want our club to um, uh, take on the Knights, which is potentially going to run um, at a bit of a loss? Uh, and is that something that a, a business wants to take on? What, what sort of advantage, I ask this, what sort of advantage does a West... Um, have by buying the Knights because for me I already associate West with the Knights. So is there any is there any advantage for them taking on the Knights? I, think, I don't think there is. I don't think there is from a financial point of view. To be honest, uh, I think they're they're like them purchasing the Knights massive. It, like and everyone knows Newcastle, oh, not Newcastle, but like NRL sides just just leak money. You might, you're better off just throwing your money down the toilet. Um, mm. Like every, each year, I do that at West. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> which that's is uh, actually a very effective if, summary of the if, West business if, model. If anything, it's ironic uh, that uh, that West might be thinking of buying it because it's what everyone else does uh, in a West <laughs> club. Um, with, you know, throw it down with no financial gain. Um, does that mean if West do buy it, uh, I'm because I invest so much money into West that I become uh, part owner? Part owner. Hopefully, this could be something. Maybe you know, a couple hundred each week in King of the Nile. And uh, you, you could be buying sh- the, those shares that everyone's after. Hey, and also, CO, those boots are on me, mate. Also, if you are looking for an excellent bingo session Wednesday morning, West uh, Diggers Nelson Bay, yeah. hosted by my very own Greg McNeil father. Ooh. Lovely man. A lovely, lovely man. man. Lovely I, I'm, I'm yet to meet him, but I Great bingo caller. Great <laughs> he bingo is. Caller. No, he is. He's, he's a lovely bloke. Um, but look, I think the, 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 
the highlight if West does buy it rather than somewhere else. Uh, like if less barring it's like NIB or something like that. If West choose to buy the Knights, it's keeping it in house and it's keeping the town like this is a one team town. We all love the boys and it's keeping a very strong rugby league culture uh, involved uh, in in a, in a club that's already managing a uh, a rugby league side. So then there's nothing new to them, obviously, in a, at more of a, an amateur or semi professional level. But it's um it's already incorporating that into the bigger picture and keeping it really like um, this is this is a, a, a club that's owned by no one but you know it's owned by the members of the town um, rather than like having someone from overseas that's like let's say an EPL owner that wants to try his hand in uh, you know owning an NRL side Morat Bujdanal for example of Toulon if, yes you know, it's a great example he's uh, bought Toulon bought in the best talent in the world and French domestic rugby is suffering because of uh, owners like him does this have a massive flow-on effect to the real NRL, though? If West are the you know, majority owners of the Knights, we've, everyone always in Newcastle has had a... Look, we hate West. Everyone hates West. Maggots. Um, the maggots, yeah. Maggots. Everyone. But does that then lend to them a bit more power in the Newcastle Rugby League landscape that maybe they don't have? Isn't West... Do we consider West, as in Western suburbs... Um, in the real NRL, being a feeder club to the Knights, we we get a lot of talent out of there that that come on into the Knights juniors. Um, is that? Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's obviously a good thing. I you can look at South and South juniors. I dare say, if if I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, that if we see the Newcastle Knights um, purchasing the uh, the club outright and being the sole owner, that you will see almost like a Mountie situation with uh, the the Canberra Raiders, and you'll see the West. Uh, uh, Western Suburbs Leagues Club being the actual feeder club for the mm. Newcastle Knights. It's within their interest and it keeps them, uh, it gives them a, an actual like sort of a, a growth purpose for purchasing the Knights. And I, I don't think, even if that's not in the first or second year, uh, I definitely see that as the, as the future because it's been done before. There's a precedent set. And I think that's uh, that's for, for West as a, uh, as you know, to show, you know, what can they get back from this uh, investment? I think that's definitely an option for them. Like, yeah, Liam, would you agree? Like, <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> Blanche. Absolutely. As long as they run shuttle buses from the front of the stadium to West after every home game, I'm there. Yeah, if they don't, there'll be a national inquiry. <laughs> and they probably should be. They should be. There's, yes. al- there's already masses of people that come back and uh, and uh, enjoy all the uh, services provided by uh, uh, the great club here at West Leagues. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful venue. It's a wonderful establishment. And uh, I hope they do buy it because it, looking at the other options, uh, and look, how long have we been owned by the NRL? Two years? Two years? Yeah, about that. Yeah, look, it's been um, it's it's it. No club owned by the NRL does particularly well um, season to season. So, what's that say about the NRL? Well, no one likes the they really boss. they really don't seem to like rugby league. No one likes the boss looking over the shoulder. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's uh, and you would have that particularly if you were uh, if uh, if the NRL continues to own the Knights and like just watching the finances and having a club in debt and obviously yeah, just the freedom to make your own decisions. An independent club, I think, would be the the big. Uh, Advantages. The last uh, question, though, did the did, so when the Knights got fined by the NRL fifty thousand dollars for the HIA, did they pay themselves? themselves yeah. Well, wasn't it the Knights? Is that just a tax write-off. Was it the Knights, the St George, and the Titans? You're blown all, my mind, Blanchy. Are they all You're owned by the Knights? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, we talk about the the salaries from Brero. <laughs> yeah, Somebody needs to look at the bloody NRL. They paid themselves the very fine they were charging themselves <laughs> with. The very pants, the very same returning. pants they were returning. <laughs> it's, uh, it's um, leave the tags on, guys. Uh, I wonder if there was any sort of. I hope extra, they kept like, the receipt. I wonder if there was a bit of stamp duty or something they like paid. You know, like to them, you know, to themselves. Took the they skimmed off themselves to pay themselves. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, look, that's something that's uh, 
but hopefully we move forward. If we can't, if West doesn't shoot, doesn't turn out to be the the correct buyer, uh, hopefully we do find um, we we ha- we find another buyer because we can't keep be owned by the NRL because it's put pressure on putting on everything. But um, that's uh, that's the the pointy end. When we we move on to our favourite segment, I think it was the the blast from the past. As we know that Liam is a bit of a history buff and he likes to keep up with these past players. Um, and this week, uh, from from much request, we got uh, this is the only time we got a request for a blast in the past. Uh, it's uh, Justin Ryder. Yes, the Knight Rider, Justin Ryder. He uh, played a couple of years for the Newcastle Knights, 2000, 2002 season. Uh, he played 27 games. Uh, he scored nine tries. Not a bad strike rate. I mean, not great. I was never, it wasn't the best looking player, but you know, he got the headgear on, he covered up his locks, and he did. Uh, right. Why would you say he wasn't good looking? Because he had red hair? Because I'd take offense to that. <laughs> no, as a man with a red beard, it, uh, it has nothing to do with the ginge. He was just ugly. He was just ugly. That's <laughs> all there is to it. Like, we like to maintain a certain standard with uh, how good looking our players are. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. Rodwell, Matt Rodwell was clear Bachelor of the Year. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's yeah, the we, standard. Daylight to second. And uh, so, you know, he had, a, he had a good couple of years with the Knights. Uh, had, a, had, you know, knack for finding the trial. And few, uh, one season with Wakefield Trinity Wildcats. Uh, but then the Knight Rider, he went on actually to... He become a bit of a detective, He became he? a detective, actually. Worked in uh, cahoots with... What they, I don't know what you'd call it these days, an autonomous crime-fighting vehicle. vehicle. I believe well, he's talking car kit. Uh, I believe, kit. Yeah, he's talking which, car kit. Which he went on to, to solve crimes and sort of fight sort of uh, domestic terrorism. You know, it's not the same guy that did that cover of the Ted Mulray gang's Jump In My Car. It is. The one of the same, I believe he did. The like, very same. The very same car that he drove. <laughs> but yes, now went on to have a very successful stint as uh, said... Crime fighting detective with that, the that talking it, car. That didn't stop there because he moved on to be a, a lifeguard in uh, Los Angeles Beach as well, um, uh, saving many lives. You know, many lives. Yes, over a, a nine year, a nine year, uh, twenty six episode series. I believe. <laughs> well, that's what usually happens because we know that wingers are overpaid spectators. That, well, that's they stand it. on the side and just watch. And that, also, actually, he was a bit right. of a musician. Had a, he was a, hugely successful in East Germany. Yes, he was before the fall he? of the Berlin Wall. He I was. Think, a, I think he might have been there for the fall. He was there actually. Uh, he was a man performing on the atop the wall. <laughs> uh, the man with the mic the for KR. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Ryder, what an absolute the the night rider himself. What the a, night rider himself. What a pleasure to do a blast in the past to remember these great uh, knights of the realm. Thank you so much, Liam, for doing uh, uh, your your uh, digging up all that uh, history for us there. Uh, thank you also, Nick Blanchard. We've, we're running very short on time, so we've got to wrap it up. Please, Nick, please come back for another episode. It's been a pleasure having you. Love please to. come back. Love to. Please. <laughs> I live here, so that's fine. I'm, that's here. I'm here all the time. He's here every week. <laughs> but uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us this week on The Joust. It's uh, been a pleasure listening. Please like us on Facebook, uh, and also we'll be out on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. Uh, thanks. Please send you through uh, your questions through to uh, the Liam's mail sack, uh, where we'll answer anything uh, anything at all. <laughs> so, Unless your name is Dan Walsh, in which case your questions have been forwarded to the Australian Federal Police. Yes, appropriately, I find too. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that's another week out for the jest.